Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, Day 100. We're told in the Bible that having wisdom is essential to living a holy life, but sometimes growing in wisdom can seem a little bit like a daunting task. But we can't just sit around and hope wisdom finds us. Instead, we have to start taking steps towards it. Outlined for us today in our Bible passages are seven steps to help us to grow in wisdom. Lawrence of Arabia is one of the most successful films of all time. Much of the film is drawn from T. Lawrence's own account of his time in Arabia. He was a British archaeological scholar, military strategist, colonel by the age of 30, best known for his activities in the Middle East during World War I. Lawrence explores the theme of wisdom in his memoirs, written in 1926 with the title Seven Pillars of Wisdom. Presumably, Lawrence had in mind today's passage. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars. In scripture, the number seven is often used to represent completion or perfection. In the book of Proverbs, the teaching of Jesus and the Bible in general, we find many ways to acquire and grow in wisdom. Seven of these can be seen in today's passages. From Proverbs 9 Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Handling Feedback When we are criticised, There is no point in replying to those who are merely mocking us. If we do, they will hate us even more. But it is worth replying to the wise. Our response to criticism should never be to insult, abuse or hate. Rather, we must learn from it in order to become wiser and to add to our learning. Indeed, our response to a rebuke should be increased love. This is far from easy. My natural reaction to criticism is often to be tempted to lash out verbally or try to justify myself. Yet the wise path is to seek to learn from the rebuke, feedback or instruction, however difficult that may be. For example, I've noticed over the years that those speakers who do not like feedback on their talks seldom improve. Those who invite constructive feedback and are not threatened by it often improve rapidly and become far more effective. A right relationship with God will increase your wisdom and enable you to hear constructive feedback and grow through it. Lord, give me wisdom to be constructive when I give feedback and gracious when I receive it. New Testament from Luke 13 Now, there were some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it 
If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stool and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Second way to grow in wisdom, responding to suffering. In this passage, we see Jesus responding in two different ways to suffering. Jesus' response to people who were suffering was always one of compassion, as we see in his healing of the crippled woman. Yet here we also see his response to questions raised about suffering. Pilate had killed some Galileans while they were at worship, mixing their blood with the blood of the sacrifices on the altar. Some people came to ask Jesus, in effect, Why does God allow suffering? Was their suffering the result of their sin? Jesus, of course, shows extraordinary wisdom in his response. So much suffering in the world is caused by human sin, and we're all guilty. Yet Jesus makes it very clear that there is no automatic link between sin and suffering. They were not suffering because they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans. Jesus also points out that natural disasters are not necessarily a form of punishment from God. While it may be appropriate for us to examine our own hearts when we're suffering, we need to be very careful about making judgments about why others are suffering. Jesus was not so interested in philosophical explanations for suffering. Rather, he was interested in our response. He warns of the dangers, unless you repent. Third way to grow in wisdom. Pruning and planting. The parables of the fig tree, mustard seed and yeast give us wisdom on how things grow in the kingdom of God. We see when things should be nurtured, when activities should be stopped, and when projects should be started. God is patient, giving as much time as possible for people to repent. In response to the desire to cut the fig tree down, the man gives it one more chance. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. The key is to look for fruit. For example, as we look at the numerous ministries in the church, some are extremely fruitful, others are less so. The temptation is to cut back on the less fruitful ones straight away. However, Jesus encourages us to be patient. If it bears fruit next year, fine. Yet this patience doesn't last forever. Sometimes the moment will come to stop an unfruitful ministry, to cut it down. The parables of the mustard seed and of the yeast remind us that while the kingdom of God starts small, over time there is vast potential for growth. When the seed was planted, it grew and became a tree and the birds of the air perched in its branches. 
This shows the enormous value of planting seeds of the kingdom, church planting included. It also suggests that we need to wait patiently to see this potential fulfilled. Fourth way to grow in wisdom. Know when to confront. Personally, I find confrontation extremely difficult. Jesus had the wisdom of knowing when to confront. He exposed the hypocrisy and double standards of those who criticized him for healing a woman who'd been crippled for 18 years simply because he did so on the Sabbath. He reminds them of the importance of compassion over legalism. If that is a principle they follow in caring for animals, how much more should they follow it in caring for people? Jesus' answer was brilliantly wise. It delighted the people. Fifth, turning to Jesus. When someone asks Jesus a question, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He gives an intensely practical answer. He says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. In other words, don't focus first on others, but make sure you yourselves have entered the kingdom of God. You cannot know about everybody else, but you can be sure about yourself. In this parable, many find themselves unable to enter the house which represents the kingdom of God. The reason for this is because of the lack of a personal relationship with Jesus. Twice, the owner of the house who represents Jesus says to those shut out of his house, I don't know you or where you come from. Being part of God's kingdom is all about turning to and knowing Jesus. It appears that some who expected to be included are excluded, but it also appears that more people will get in than expected. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast of the kingdom of God. Turning to and following Jesus is the wise thing to do, even if it feels like we're in a minority. Lord, I pray for wisdom today in all the conversations that I have and all the decisions I make. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the wisdom of Jesus. Old Testament from Deuteronomy 13 and 14. If a prophet says, Let us follow other gods, gods you have not known, and let us worship them, you must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. You are the children of the Lord your God, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns, so that the Levites, who have no land allotted to them or any inheritance of their own, and the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied, and so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. Sixth way to grow in wisdom, testing prophecy. We need wisdom in discerning between true and false prophets. Prophets today might include not only those with the gift of prophecy, but also anyone who speaks in the name of the Lord, such as pastors, preachers, teachers and evangelists. In all these cases, we need to distinguish the true from the false. One of the Old Testament tests of the true prophet comes in this passage. Even if a prophet performs signs and wonders, if he says, let us follow other gods, the people were warned, you must not listen to the words of that prophet. In other words, 
that people were to test the prophet by his teaching, whether he led people to God or away from him. Jesus says we will recognize them by their fruit. Seventh way to grow in wisdom, revering God. You are a child of the Lord your God, and God's people are called to be holy to the Lord. You've been chosen to be his treasured possession. Under the old covenant, this involved strict rules as to what could and could not be eaten. Under the new covenant, Jesus declared all food clean. Under both the old and new covenant, one of the ways in which you revere the Lord is through your giving. It is a blessing to give. God blesses you as you bless others and so that you can bless others. In particular, God promises here to bless us in our work. God's vision for his people is as a community upheld in mutual giving. As we saw in today's reading in Proverbs, reverence for the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Lord, thank you that I am your treasured possession. Please help me to grow daily in wisdom. Pepper adds, Not having a huge number of academic qualifications, I take comfort in these verses. In Proverbs 9, it says, Let all who are simple come here. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's pray today. Jesus, thank you that you are the pillar of wisdom. Give me wisdom today. Help me to be wise in every situation that I find myself in and to do what you would do. Be with me today. In your name. Amen.